Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Praise the Lord. We are going to continue with our study. We have been looking at getting into destiny marriage for quite some time. And that's what we also do during the week. So, yeah, uh, Monday, we looked at... Um, uh we looked at um we looked at um temperament in marriage and we looked at how your love language can also affect your marriage we look at that a bit okay so our friday book club i saw that many of us do not attend i don't know what is happening and uh, those of us that attended we came late please all of you that are leading the groups i think you need to bring the time up earlier so that people will not be tired by the time you are having it because i guess they are already tired by the time you are doing it by 10, 11. On a normal day, nobody will want to read any book. Nobody will want to read any book. So, but when you make it earlier and you make it compulsory, what it helps you to achieve is that every week, you will have gone through a book. And it's going to be helpful in the long run. Okay? So, please, let's try and bring the time up earlier. It's going to help us. Today we're going to look at maturity in marriage. Maturity is from, um, maturity in marriage is something that is important. Uh, without maturity in marriage, many things will go wrong. So, marriage is for matured people. Is not for boys and girls. You must be matured biologically. You must be matured financially. You must be matured spiritually. You must be matured emotionally. You must be matured sexually. You must be matured intellectually for you to be able to get into marriage. Age is not what brings maturity. Or let me use it this way. And the age does not necessarily bring maturity. Even though sometimes it brings maturity. Age does not necessarily bring maturity. What brings maturity. Is letting what you need to know. Sink into you at the time you need to know it. And. Using that thing as at when do. In other words, we can call that wisdom. So when you grow by instruction, you live a better life. But when you grow by knowledge you get from experience, the life can be half damaged. Amen. So experience is a good teacher, but it's also a destructive teacher. It teaches you what you don't know, but
but somebody's life might have been damaged. Somebody that learns that when I get to the middle of express, I need to run, and is learning that from experience, probably will not have his legs again. I don't know whether I'm communicating. Somebody wants to learn from experience that whenever I'm on the middle of experience, I have to run. Learning that by experience, his leg will have been crushed first. Then when he's on the wheelchair, he will learn that, ah, when you are in the express, you should do what? In fact, he will turn it to his school, a training course, how to run when you get to the middle of express. So experience is a good teacher, but because the the tutorial that experience gives you is going to last. But the person might have been half destroyed. And that's why God makes teachers so that they can teach us God's word, so that we can learn by instruction. Amen. I know that what I'm saying this morning is going to affect somebody and that person's life is going to be better off in the name of Jesus. It's not only going to affect somebody. That person is going to give back to children. And those children are also going to be impacted by the reason of what you are learning this morning in the name of Jesus. So, um, learning by experience is not the best. You learn by instruction. So when you allow instruction to sink into you and you carry out instruction, maturity goes with it. Amen. Okay? Marriage is for matured people. So what is maturity? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. Maturity is a state of full development in all the areas I've mentioned. Maritally, financially, spiritually, biologically, sexually. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, and I read. When I was a child, I speak as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. There is a season in your life that you have to change years of how you live your life. When somebody is going into marriage, he must be going immature. Maturity can come by instruction. When you take instruction. What are some of these instructions? Those are the stuff we are going to be looking at. But let's see. What are the benefits of getting matured? And what are the dangers of not being matured before you marry? Number one, when you are married and you are matured, it helps you to be committed. You are committed to that marriage. There is a commitment. Praise God. It is a child that will tell you, I'm going to tell my mommy. Isn't it? A child will tell you, I'm going to tell my what? 
you are committed. Commitment means you put in your body, soul, and spirit to make sure that that marriage works. And it's important for you to understand that commitment will not come when you are not matured. Amen. A child in his daddy's house that they give him money for breakfast, lunch, dinner. If you give him a job to do in the office, he can do it anyhow. But let him have the landlord knocking at his door. Ekaro, July Lawa, no fellow junior. Sheriff Machine Bains or Egbemogo Jussi, who won't eat it due late January. Account number me multi-costume paper, a credit accounting. You know when you now go to office and your boss is talking to you and you get out from this place. I will even sack you. What will you do? Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Ah. <laughs> I can postulate for you, sir. <laughs> but when there is a daddy that will give you money at all, what is it self? And he will scream on somebody. I'm even, I resign. I, I, I'm going. It's because your daddy will take care of you. But when you have to face responsibility, you will guard jealously where the money is coming from. So you will be committed. No matter what you go through, you will stay there. If somebody is not matured, he cannot stay there in marriage. And what happens is that a lot of people are moved by love into marriage and they forsake maturity. That is why the Bible says, he that findeth a wife, he does not say that find a girl. Therefore shall a man leave his father's house. What is he going to, you need to read that place so that you can see it. A wife is a little girl, a little female girl that grows into a teenager and then it grows to become a lady and then it grows to become a woman and then it grows to become a wife. So the process of becoming a wife is you don't just be okay look at it this is what i'm saying i want you to get that line very well a child that is born a female is not a wife material am i communicating am i communicating a girl in the secondary school is not a wife material am i communicating so that means there is a stage you get to as a woman before you can become a wife. A wife is a transformational position that is upon someone that he came to after going through several other processes. So the Bible does not say that a man will marry a woman. It said a man will marry a wife. That is a woman that has been transformed. 
I don't, I don't know whether I'm communicating. A wife is somebody that is ready to take responsibility to be with another person. A woman is not a wife if he's not in a marriage. Am I communicating? A wife is only a wife if he's in a marriage. A woman that is just going on the road is a woman. But when a man now says, that is my wife, what is the meaning of that? That means there is a marriage somewhere. Abby? So that means a wife is not an ordinary woman. Is somebody that has taken responsibility. So the Bible is now saying that you don't marry a woman, you marry a wife. Somebody that has been taking responsibility. You don't become a wife when you are married. You must become a wife before you get married. That's why when you are found, you should be found as a wife. So let's see the Bible. Therefore, Genesis chapter 2 verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his what? To his wife. Am I communicating? Who is he going to cleave to? Find girl. Is he going to cleave to a fine girl? He's going to cleave to his wife. So the woman must have become a what? A wife. Transformation must have happened. Maturity is what brings you to the state of becoming a wife. And when you are becoming a wife, you go through process. What are the processes that wife goes through? They are committed to people. They are responsible for a lot of things in the home. So if you are living with your parent as a lady, and you are not responsible with many things, you are not becoming a wife. For you to become a wife, you must do things that your mommy will look at it that if I'm not around, this girl can take care of the house. Something has happened to you. You are not just a girl that they used to say, have you done your assignment? Have you eaten your food? You have graduated. That is the position in which you should be married. You can't get to that position when you are not matured. Because maturity is what will make you to be living with your two or three other brothers and you are the one that cooks for the whole family and you are not complaining. And you are asking your brother, have you eaten your food? And when will you eat your food? If you get cold, you have transformed from ordinary girl to your wife. I don't know whether I'm communicating. By the time you come into a man's house and we are giving you tutorial on how to boil water, <laughs> I don't know the type of course we, we set up for you or type of training program that we are going to set up for you. Course uh, 101, uh, woman or wife, 103 or what? You must have transformed. That's the Bible position. Maturity must have taken place. So when a man or a woman is not mature, they will not be committed to marriage. And you have seen, I've, I've, I've met some women that they used to drug their children. 
give the children some drug, the children will sleep off five hours so that they can go to party. I'm telling you, in me, that was how she was saying it in London. I'm telling you, I'm telling you real life. The woman was telling me. You have not become a wife. When you leave your children and you run away, say, ah, wala won't go. Praise God. Praise God. Maturity is commitment. Whether it's okay, whether it's not okay, you are staying there. So maturity, it keeps flattering and criticism out of your marriage. You are not in a marriage to score a point. It is maturity that helps you to do that. Maturity makes you to be, not be callous, makes you to have woman feelings in marriage. Maturity makes you to make decisions on character, not on feelings. It helps you to make decisions on what? Not on feeling. The way I'm feeling now, it's like I just feel that I should just slap my wife, go and carry another woman, bring her home, put pepper in her eyes, and you want to do the thing you are feeling. You are not matured. Maturity is what makes you to say, ah, which kind of bad feeling am I having? That is bad. I should do the right thing. Maturity helps you to make decisions not on feeling but on character. Maturity prevents marriage breakup. Amen. Maturity helps you to prevent marriage breakup. So I want to talk about spiritual maturity. First, if somebody is not born again, if he has not met the Lord, don't marry that person. The person you should marry is somebody that has given his life to Christ. And if somebody has given his life to Christ, then we can start talking of growing in the Lord. Amen. We can start talking of what? Growing in the Lord to maturity. Maturity is spiritually is the person you are going to get married to is somebody that is matured. Why is it necessary for you to be matured? Because carnality will manifest less in him. As a matter of fact, both of you should keep growing spiritually when you are married. I remember the case that um, 
um, a man of God shared, and he said his sister came to him. He wanted to marry, and he told the sister, this brother you want to marry, let me pray about it. And then they pray about it, and he said, this brother, what I keep seeing is that I'm joining you together. The brother is very small. And you, you are very tall. I prayed the second time. That's what I saw. And that is immaturity in that brother. Do you still want to go ahead? The sister said, I'll go ahead. They wedded them together. The next time that pastor will see the sister, there's no front seat again. Praise God. Something in the house has a clip that used to remove it. It is only the brother that understands how that thing used to work. Praise God. So the sister was ashamed to greet the pastor because the pastor was saying, what happened, real life story, what happened to your teeth now? That thing I married happened to my teeth. So immaturity is a big issue. Spiritually. So if somebody is not born again, it's a problem. And let me say this to our sister. If a man wants to marry you, and he's not born again. He will become born again because he has to marry you. So you have to be sure of his salvation. Because to marry you, to give your life, to give somebody's life to Christ in order to marry you is a simple thing. Praise God. Is it what? He will just be born again automatically the moment you are talking to him. So you have to be very careful. If somebody is not born again, it's dangerous. You don't have the basis for your marriage. If the person is born again, both of you can see we are running a marriage based on God's constitution. But somebody is not born again, you are not running the marriage on the Bible. You, you quote Bible, you, you will be bringing street knowledge. Say, no, that's not how wife behave. Wife used to behave like this. The knowledge he got from African magic. And you, you be talking Bible. So both of you are not on the same page. It's a big problem already. And because several people don't want to be spiritual these days, and some of the people that talk to them about marriage don't want them to be spiritual as well, they just tell them, you don't need to be praying about all this. Just look at the guy. If it's okay for you, your eyes will deceive you. A man can pretend because he wants to marry you. It is your responsibility to make sure that the person is born again. So if it's not... And funny enough, we don't have salvation machine detector. That you used to detect if the guy is born again. So yeah, bring your head. 
Ah, your salvation is 5.2. By the way, how many of... Did you check everybody this morning? You know, the governments are saying that uh, they will lock down if there's a surge number. So, please, let's resume our washing of hands, our hand sanitizer and all that, please. And this nose mask we are giving you, eh? it is 4,000 naira that we bought the pack yesterday. Pack of 50. I'm begging you, I'm more shako. Praise God. Praise God. So that it can last. 50 is 4,000. Can you imagine? And we have to use it. So, we don't have something that can detect salvation. Just like that uh, thermometer. It is the spirit of God that we communicate with your spirit that this person is born again. Some people can pretend. Even the devil transforms himself into the angel of light. So you have to be sure that the person is born again. And you have to be sure the person is growing in the things of God. Somebody that is not growing spiritually can pose a problem to your marriage. In fact, you can wait for the person to grow before you marry. Somebody that is born again is not interested in prayer, is not interested in Bible, is only interested in Manu and Manchester. There is going to be problem. There is going to be problem. You won't have family devotion. Because there will be so many times you will go for outings and you will come back tired. You will go to work, you will go to work, you will be tired. You will not pray again. Salvation will slip away. The devil will bring another woman. And it will turn to issues. So you have to particularly watch out for that. It's number one. It's key. Is germane. Praise God. The person must be born again. Except a man be born again. I command you. Marvel not that I say unto you. Ye must be born again. If any man be in Christ a new creature. All things are passed away. Somebody that is born again. When a guy comes to talk to you. And then is trying to. Be your friend so that I can propose to you. And you ask him, are you born again at all? And he say, yes. And he say, share your salvation experience with me. And he's telling you, you see, I grew up in a Christian home. My daddy and my mommy, they are very, very good in the church. So I know all of those things. That's a sign that the person is not born again. You don't need to be telling him that, no, no, no. That's not the meaning of being born again. That you've gotten your answer. Just define your relationship. You love everybody equally, but you don't give the same place to everybody equally. Jesus had 12 disciples. Peter, James, and John are with him on the Mount of Transfiguration. His highest point. They are with him when he's slow. Why is it that he did not take Thomas? 
Why is it that I did not take Judas? Is because you have to love everybody equally. That's the command of the scripture. But you don't have to give the same place to everybody in your life. Your joy and your pain comes out of your relationship. And if you don't place people rights in your life, it's going to create a problem. So if a guy comes to you and is telling you that, you've gotten your answer. You don't have to start giving him tutorial. And you see, when I mean that, you should tell me when Jesus came into your heart, mm-mm, mm-mm, you are not going to marry. So why are you? You have already. You should decide. Okay, from what this person has said, this is the place he's belonging to. Somebody that is born again should be able to tell you definite thing. I was doing this. I was living here. I was doing this and that. And at this so 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 date, this was what happened to me. And since then, this is what I saw. Amen. This is what I saw and my life is changed. You should be able to see what salvation is. Praise God. So if somebody is born again, it will reflect in his life. You will see it. A fruit does not fall too far from his tree, you will always see if somebody is born again. If somebody is not born again, you will also see. It's now left to you whether you want to deceive yourself because you love that person. But I pray for you. May you not love what will destroy you. You know what Samson said? He said, marry her for me, for I love her. Ah! He loved destruction. May you not love what will destroy you. And let me tell you, many a times when God brings his will to you, many a times you don't like the will of God at the beginning. It is when you begin to move in that you now begin to fall in love with the will of God. You now begin to see the reason why God gave you what he gave you. Many a times we used to love what God gives to others. Yeah, it's good. Learn from other people. But fall in love with what God is giving to you. So the person you are getting married to must be born again. And then, when he's born again, what are his beliefs? What are your beliefs? Some Christian beliefs Many, many strange doctrines. One save, forever save. That's what we call the doctrine of eternal security. Once you are born again, no matter what you do, you are forever born again. And they will give you a good illustration. That if you sin against your daddy, you do something that your daddy does not like. Will your daddy throw you away because you have done what is bad? Is that not sounding logical? The Bible says that he that committed sin is of what? For the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. Eternal security is something that is becoming rampant. And many people that don't know the scripture, they are pushing it. 
if you fall into sin as a child of God, there is something inside you that will prick you. That thing brings you back to God immediately. If you are sending texts, doing things, saying things that are not godly, there is something inside you that will be telling you that this thing you are doing is not right. That's the spirit of God. If you disobey that thing and you continue, that thing will stop talking to you. You have slide. The job of that spirit of God is to bring you back to God. And that's why the Bible says, if we confess our sin, it's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. So, you have to come to that position. And let me say this to you. Obedience brings you into blessing. Immaturity makes you to stay out of blessing and it keeps you in struggle. And that's why it is immature for you to live righteously today. Tomorrow you fall into sin. Tomorrow you live holy. Tomorrow you fall into sin. Say, we God will forgive me. And that's why Israel has not come into what God has planned for them. Because you see, they will come to God who they will go back again. They will come to God. They will go back again. They will come to God. They will go back again. Immaturity wastes your blessing. Praise God. It doesn't make God to be committed to you. When you are in sin today, you are holy tomorrow. You are in sin today, you are holy tomorrow. Uh, forgive today. It does not bring you to a point where your life is continuously increasing in blessing. That's what obedience does for you. It eventually removes stress out of your life. It brings God's blessings upon your life permanently. The Bible says the path of the just, of the just, of the just, of the just is a shining light. It keeps getting better and brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. But the one that is just today and is unjust tomorrow and is just today and is unjust tomorrow, it will move forward, it will move back, it will move forward. The path does not keep getting better. The path gets better and get go back and then get better and then go back. And that's why you see several believers going around in cycle. The Christian life the topic today is not maturity. It's maturity in marriage. Please correct it. So, the Christian life is a life that if you don't live it well, you cannot enjoy God. You have to live it well. So, the person, you have to check the person's belief. Some, some Christian believe that there is nothing like eternal security. Once you commit sin, you fall away from grace. Amen. If you commit sin, ask God for forgiveness. He forgives you. He restores you. But if you keep living in sin, you are not born again. Praise God. Shall we continue in sin and say grace should continue? The Bible says, Kamari. Praise God. So, that said to that. There are some Christians that don't believe in the Holy Ghost baptism. 
Some believe in Holy Ghost baptism. They don't believe in speaking in tongues. They said the Holy Ghost was for the apostles. I don't know the position of um, Baptists now, but there are some sections of Baptists that don't believe in speaking in tongues. Meanwhile, we have some Pentecostal Baptists that speak in tongues, but they don't believe that. But every other thing about Baptists, very fine. And so when you get married to a brother that is coming from that kind of convention, and you wake up in the morning and you are praying in tongues. Can say, why are you making noise? What have I done for you? That you they, they send you so that I will not sleep. Which one is la kakakakaka now? Eh? Oh. It's going to cause a lot of issues. So you have to check out your beliefs. You have to check out your beliefs. One of the reasons I believe that God helps us to marry somebody in our uh, within our close cycle is so that our beliefs will not differ too much. Praise God. Because differences in belief can cause a lot of problems. So you have to check out that. Then you have to check out... Um, the person's work with God. How is his Bible reading life, his prayer life, his church life? You know, I have so many young people. They don't have a church life. They just want God to do something. And I laugh at them. You don't know how to live the Christian life. The Christian life is not an ATM kind of life. Yes, sir. It is not an hospital kind of life. ATM, you only go there when you need to collect money. You don't collect money and now take bed to ATM and sleep there. When you are not the security. Even the security has the time you will go home. You don't go to hospital and then they treat you. And they now say, ah, you are okay, sir. You can go home. I say, ah, no. No, I love your mama. Please, I need to be sleeping here. How much is the house rent? I will pay. You don't want to stay in the hospital now. And you see that a lot of young people, they want to live that kind of ATM Christian life or hospital kind of Christian life. They want a situation whereby they just go to church when they need God to do something in their life. Or they want a, a pastor to pray. Oh yeah, see vision, see vision. So what is God saying? Praise God. If you have, let me tell you. We have done programs that the whole of this place has been filled up. Many people have come to see me. Many people have spoken with me. But you know what I find out? Many of them want a Babalao kind of pastor. That they will go to when they have something. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Eban pray, eban go. Praise God. The kind of Christian life that God wants us to live is a New Testament Christian life. It's not an Old Testament Christian life. 
It's a New Testament Christian life. The pastor is to guide you to know the voice of God in your life. Even in a situation where pastor has to tell you something, he has to be confirming what God has said to you. Not that he's the one telling your life. Ah, don't marry that one. Marry that one. Then give back to two children. No, two is too much. One is okay. One and a half. No, it's not the pastor that should do that. You should pray. When you have need for counseling, you are confused. Pastor counsels you. He prays along with you. He can confirm that, okay, do it this way, do it that way. It's not like you don't do anything at all. It's to help you grow in God so that you too can be a blessing to other people. The Old Testament, you don't have to grow in God. Just go to a prophet. Please, prophet, help us to look at it. Our goat, we have been looking at for it for the past three days. Where did he go to? And the prophet will pray, Oh Lord, where is the goat? But you know, they don't have the spirit of God in them. As many are led by the spirit of God, they are what? You are supposed to have the spirit of God and you are supposed to be led by that spirit. If a, if a pastor is not allowing you to be led by the spirit, he's blocking the work of God. He has to allow the spirit of God to lead you. However, when the spirit of God is leading you, you might need guidance and support. So that is where pastor supposed to come in. Amen. See, when I did the illustration of being led the other day, the sister's face was tied, and then I was telling her, move this way, move that way, carry your leg very well. There are times the Spirit of God will say something to you. You might not be getting it. And then it's supposed to be that when pastor say it to you, it's going to be a confirmation of what the Spirit of God has said to you. That's the way the Christian life is supposed to be led. But you know, the challenge we have is that many people are willing, you know, the generation we have in government today, there is a generation that is coming that they bought their way through for their BSc, for their MSc, for their PhD. That generation is coming. They are coming into power. They are coming into power. In government, in education, in everything, in the church. They like to buy their way through. They don't like process. And God cannot work with that generation. That is part of the reason why our education system is going down. Because that generation, more people are entering because they are buying their results. When a professor cannot speak a simple English, light abon lo It's a problem, and it's a professor. You have several doctors that are empty, empty, and they started bribery in the school of medicine. What do you expect when you go to a doctor and he looks at you 
and it tells you, oh, it's fibrosarcoma. Use 25. First night, 25. Second night. More people are going to die. And that generation is coming into power gradually. And they are going into churches. And that's why you see pastors that don't know the Bible. They get to Bible school and start talking in the exam hall. Nobody? Nobody? I'm telling you what is happening in Bible school. I want to be a sport in Bible school. Kilo Kiloku. Kiloku. Ni Bible school. And those people are more than the people that are doing the right stuff. And you know what is going to appear, come? They are going to be increasing in numbers. Their number is going to be what? Increasing. Increasing. There are people that are pastors today. They don't know what it means to be born again. As in when you say pastor, come and talk to us about salvation in Christ Jesus for 30 minutes. You will see that what they will be saying is not what the Bible says. They don't know what it means to be born again. But if you say pastor, can you raise an offering of 1 million for us from 5 people? Yes sir. They will raise 2 million. And the number is becoming more. So as time goes on, it's going to look as if that's the right thing. When I was growing up, you know, you don't, I can, is one of the exams that is most respected. But people are now carrying expo for I can. CFA, Certified Financial Analyst, is one of the biggest professional exams. If you pass stage one alone, there are many banks that will be looking for you. Just stage one, it has three stages. Just stage one, just one stage. The exam is about 500k. Objective 40 questions. Combination of economic statistics and accounting or something like that. But if you are not good, don't attempt it. Because you will just stay there, number one, to the end of the exam. So you have to be sound to attempt it. You know what? They are one of the... It is difficult to... Nigerians got the expo. Summary. That expo came out. And when they saw the pass rates, they investigated. The Discover Expo came out. They refunded everybody their money. So we canceled the exam. And the result you thought you got, we canceled it. Anyway, they've not released the results. So they just canceled the exam of that year. Your money you pay, take. Sorry for the inconvenience. 
So you see that somebody is now doing ICANN and another person has bought from. That one is not the one writing ICANN. It's just writing so that I can pass to the other person. And they pay the invigilator to switch off the camera. camera. So you see that that thing is becoming rampant and rampant and rampant. So you see that it's coming to the church. It's becoming a problem. And the scarcity of God's word is increasing. People are not being thorough teaching God's word again. They just thought teach on the surface. Praise God. See, they bring psychology to teach the Bible. Meanwhile, the Bible, the word of God has its power. And Paul the Apostle once again using the philosophy of men to teach the Bible. So, there's a lot of issues. So, when you meet somebody you want to marry and it's not spiritually okay, you should be ready to face it. Because if somebody wants to get married and most especially if he's from another church and he wants to marry a sister from here, you know, all of a sudden, the brother will just become very spiritual. If he attends a program and we say, in Jesus' name, everybody will have said amen and that it will be finished. His own amen will still continue. By the time we are listening to the recording, you will just discover that his amen has prolonged the CD from one hour to one hour, five minutes. Amen! Who is saying that long amen? Oh, is the person I want to marry that sister. Praise God. The person must be born again. Be sure the person is born again. Be sure he's a genuine child of God. It's important. It's important. It's important. Don't go for what is popular. Go for what is right. What is... The future belongs to those who are doing it right, not to those who are doing it fast. Praise God. The future belongs to those who are doing it right, not to those who are doing it what? I was in a radio show some days ago, and a man called him. He got got, uh, Manitoba Provincial Nomination. So that means he's to relocate to Canada. Manitoba province, precisely, under the permanent residence arrangement. And with that arrangement, he's supposed to live like maybe three and a half years more, thereabout, and he becomes a citizen, becomes a Canadian. But with permanent residence, fantastic offer. And he got to the embassy. To give them the document of himself and his wife and his children. 
and they discover that the document of his wife and his children, their international passports were fake. What is the problem in going to queue at the immigration office and get original passport? Tell me the problem in that one. I said, who did you give? Who got it for you? Because I know that he didn't go to the office. He said, I gave, I gave, I gave a family friend. I gave somebody I know. He was just saying all those things. I said, okay. They banned him for 10 years. I said, you have to clear yourself before they will listen to you again. The future does not belong to those who are doing it fast, but to those who are doing it. Has he not gone to queue? He has gone to queue. Just take time to do things right. I have come to realize that it's you have a powerful future if you do it right. Don't forget about what is happening in other people's life. Just focus on your life. God is doing something in you. Praise God. I want you to understand that God is working something in you. Do it right. Don't say, I just have to marry. So the person you want to marry must be mature. You too must be mature. Many people are teaching marriage out of Bible context. It can never balance. It can never balance. Because God is the one that instituted it. You are a copy. You are not original. Each time you are trying to treat principles that is not in the word of God for marriage to take place. And I said it the other day, you see several people telling you how to rekindle your love. Do this, do that, do this. It's okay. But the ultimate thing eh, is for you to grow in God. You move towards God. Your wife moves towards God and both of you meet in God. There's nothing as serious as there is no principle as serious as it's primitive, but that's the word of God. So um, we're going to see a lot of people that are just born again by going to church, born again by mouth, born again by. So if somebody is not genuinely born again, all things are not passing away. Please don't marry. Don't marry. That's number one. Number two. Financial maturity. You must make sure that the person have a source of income. If he doesn't have a source of income, I didn't say the person must have a job. I need you to get the difference between a job and a source of income. The source of income may not be enough, but it must have a source of income. Okay, this is what I'm saying. So, when somebody says, God has called me, and God has called me into a full-time ministry, 
and you say, so how are we going to run the marriage? How are we going to finance the marriage? And he says, God will take care of us. So, what he's going to be doing is the work of God. And you can see the work. Now, that's why I say he must have a source of income. So, his income is going to come from that work of God that he's doing. Now, somebody can hide under that by being lazy. He said, what is the work of God? Ah, we, we will be doing the work of God. Mm-mm. That work of God must have been existing. The person that you can settle down with in that arrangement. Ah! Oh, I, I think I skipped this. I shouldn't have skipped it. Ah, I shouldn't have skipped this. Maybe I will have to go back to it. Okay, let me let me just find a way to to continue this and tidy it up. Then maybe I'll go back to it. Now that work of God, if somebody says, "I am called into ministry and I want to marry you," there's what we call headship call. There's what we call associate call. This one still falls under spiritual maturity. But that's what I'm saying that I supposed to have touched it. So I'll come back to it. But let me explain it at this junction. So you have the headship call, you have the associate call. The headship call is the container call. Container call add an headship call. He has a container call. The container call he has, a container call is the calling that contains other people's calling inside it. If that person does not find his calling, other people will not find their calling. The life of other people are tied to his life. So when God called Moses, that was when God is still struggling with God. Aaron will still be there. He has no calling. So God needs to call Moses first and then sort out with Moses before Aaron can come into the picture. So Aaron call is an associate call. Associate call is not like the boy that is learning a trade. You see the problem? So somebody is an associate pastor in a church and is thinking like somebody that is an apprentice that oh, I'm learning from my boss. When I now grow up, I will now go and start my own. An associate call can be a permanent call. And so we have the case of Aaron. And we have the case of Timothy. So God can call you to assist a man in ministry and it can be a permanent call. That is your own calling. To assist. Not to lead a work. But to assist a work. Meanwhile, God can call a man to lead a work. 
So you are not assisting for a while so that you can now go and start. And you see, these are some of the things that you see in churches and are not taught in churches. So people just believe that, ah, after some times now, I will not, no, 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 no. Even though we can have a situation where somebody has an associate call and God can later call him to head the work, that is possible. But that does not mean to say that an associate call is not cannot be a permanent call. Can be a permanent forever call. So Aaron's calling was a permanent assistant work. He was assisting Moses till he died. And a practical example we have in our generation is Bishop Abiyu. Very perfect example for that explanation. So Bishop Oedipo said that when they were riding Okada. He will sit at his back. And he has been like that for whatever number of years they have been in ministry. And many people, many people that are not up to Bishop Abuye are running their own ministry. And he said, God called me to assist this man. That is my own calling. He started the Abuja Church. Abuja Church of Winners is one of the biggest churches they have. One of the biggest things they have. So, when a man have an headship call and is supposed to marry and he say, God has called me and I want to marry you, the calling will have been there. You will have seen things in place as a woman. The only thing that might not be there is the big income. But you will have seen that, okay, it is a drama ministry or it is a church and things are in place and all that. You know, that is more or less like when somebody is starting business. I need you to understand that. And it's different from an associate call and somebody wants to marry you and is on, hiding under an associate call that is not sufficient for the marriage. Do you see that the thing is a thin line thing? A pastor that does not know the Bible will cancel you into error. Uh, it's, a, it's a big issue when a pastor don't know the Bible. It does not affect only that member. It affects the family that will be battered by that person. Because they will just transfer the error. Many homes are having problems today because some pastor did not do the right job. And doing the right job of a pastor is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. 
Praise God. So when you want to marry somebody, if he wants to start business, that's another case that we can have. If he wants to start business, make sure he has started the business six months before the time. At least, worst case scenario. And the business have all the paraphernalia that we can point to that this is a business. At least six months to. Not that he wants to marry you and you say, okay, you want to marry me now. So, uh, you know, when we marry, I will now start that business. Ah, no. Start that business first before I marry you. Be running it. Show me your balance sheet for the last six months. Then we can talk about marriage. Why? Because you will need money. Not that you will marry and the expenses of one week swipe away all the business. You have to get that sorted. Maturity in um, finance, in source of income, is important before you get married. You have to get it sorted. Turn to somebody and say, get money sorted. Praise God. Love is expensive. You need money to manage it. You need money to take care of it. Love is what? You need money to do what? Need money. Money is not important. It is the love. Ah, they are one ton in you. Money is important too. However, you might want to discuss issues like maybe the man and the woman should bring money, which is not a bad idea. But as a man, eh, set your mind on I will take care of my family. If your wife brings money to the table and give you good. You know, one day my wife brought 100,000 and she gave me the money. I know many of you want to know the end of the story. Ah, these people. Be delivered from gossip. <laughs> she brought 100,000. She wanted to give me. She gave me rather. It's not that she wanted to give me. She gave me. And, you know, it's her money. She said ah, she has been saving it. To give me as a gift at the end of the year. You know, I collected it from her. I now give her back. Praise God. Because I've been wanting to give her more money. Uh, I said that to say that you must go into marriage with a mindset to take care of your family. The Bible says he that does not take care of his family is not an unbeliever. He said, if you see an unbeliever, an unbeliever is better. He said, that man is a crook. <laughs> so you must have a mindset to take care of your family. If your wife wants to assist you, it's okay. It's okay. You can look at it. Most especially if both of you are doing... Um, career job, corporate job or whatever. It's okay. It's fine. And then that means you also have to talk about the house chores. 
Because if she's assisting you, she will come late from work, you will come late from work. So that means you have to do it in such a way that it will also be convenient for her. Praise God. So that's why two marriages are not the same. You can't be comparing yourself to another family because your sources of income are different. So you have to look at it. If I'm doing business, what will my wife be doing? Will she join me in the business? Or will she get a job? You have to talk about it. It's important as you enter into marriage. So um, you can you can you can have your wife assisting you, or both of you can put resources together, but don't go into marriage with a mindset of I want my wife to be taking care of the bills. It's a bad way of going into marriage. It's a bad way of going into marriage. Have a mindset that I want to take care of my family and pray that God will give you the ability to take care of your family. God will open a door for you to be able to take care of your family if you set your mind at it. But if you are going into marriage because your wife is working in a corporate office and her salary is big. And you are saying, at least let me chop her salary small. It's not going to help you. You chop her salary. You don't want to do anything. There is tendency that you get married. You are taking care of your family and you lose your job. That one is there. But you know, a woman that I see you spending your money all the time when you are working, when you lose your job and she knows about it, it's understandable. Not that you have always been looking for, look at this life situation. Finance is right and it's important. Okay, so let me go back to the calling side and then we close. So, case one, the man can have an headship calling. If the man has an headship calling and he wants to get married, I've explained that. But if the man has an associate calling, in that place where he's doing associate calling, they will be paying him salary. Praise God. If somebody has an associate calling, whether, unless it's a part-time associate calling, part-time associate calling means the person is working and is also pastoring. In that case, the work, the income from the work will take care of the... If he's doing an associate calling, that associate calling must be able to provide for his family. Am I communicating? It's a thin line that is very, very delicate. So, those are the two cases that can happen. So, the man can now marry a wife that have, if the man has an airship call, most times the wife will not have an airship call unless both of them do not receive correctly. If the woman has an airship call and the man has an airship call, something is wrong. God does not create a monster. 
that has two heads. There's only one head. Praise God. So when you say the body of Christ, it's only one head. So God cannot give a woman an headship call and give the man an headship call. Okay, so the woman starts, God is good to women, international church ministry. The man starts, God is good to men, international church ministry. Mm-mm. God cannot do that. Jesus cannot do that. The Holy Ghost cannot do that. Because some people will start saying, it's not God that called me, it is the Holy Ghost that called me. If God give the man an headship call, the woman most likely is going to be having a call that is subsumed. That's at all if she has a call. It's subsumed in the man's call. That calling we find expression inside the main call of that man. Is not going to be like detached. If the woman has been doing that calling before he got married to that man, most likely it is a big ministry that is going to be in that man's calling. And so the woman will find it easy and natural to let it blend into that ministry. In fact, to give up what she's doing and start a fresh one in that calling. It will come to our natural if it is God that is joining them together. So the woman can have an headship call. And the man playing a supporting role. It can be like that. Praise God. So when the woman is saying, in our church, God is helping us. I'm a reverend missus. And the man is saying, God is helping us too in our church. And you see, I'm a, I'm a reverend pastor. It's not God. It's not. It's not. It's so many things are going to be happening in the next five to seven years. I can see it coming. Now, all of these things, eh? that's when we will now start teaching them in the church. And some pastors will be confused. They will not have clue. Just like when tithe came and that the free say, show me in New Testament where tithe is. Where Jesus paid. And some Bible has, some pastor has sister, where is tithe in the New Testament? It's going to become very common in about five to seven years. So, please, you need to understand that. So, a man can have an headship call. The sister can be an ordinary church member. And the sister can also have a calling. The sister can have an headship call and the man can play a supportive role or he has a ministry inside that woman's calling. That is likely how it happens most times. Praise God. So, the other case that we can also have is the associate call. Abi? Is the associate call and I've explained that. Now, if your husband has an associate call and is working in the church full time, most likely you also are going to be having a call that will be supporting what he's doing. And you have to be very careful so that you will not talk him out. 
of God's plan. Some, some women want their husband to be general overseer. So they start telling him, Honey, let's go and start church. Honey, let's go and start church. Ah, see the anointing of God upon your life. Ah, when you talk today, powerful. Ah, I first thought it was Nepalite. I discovered it was the power of God. Honey, you are anointed. Let us go. I'll be there for you. So it's your wife that is calling you into ministry. Not God. And you have to be very careful in that regard. So, the woman can have a calling and the man can have a calling. It is possible. But the calling will be fused into each other if it is God together. I want to take um, I want to take biological and <coughs> we begin to close. So I said that I advise that there is no particular age that the Bible specified that you have to marry. Praise God. But I advise that as a lady, anything from 22, you are fine. Anything from 22, you are fine. And anything from 26 as a man, you are fine. So it can now be 22 upward. can be 26 upward. Amen. During those period of being 22 or 26 or 20 something, you have a lot of infatuation or emotional, what do they call it now, running in your body. There are sexual urge. So you have that coming to you. That's the essence of growing in the spirit or growing in faith or allowing the fruit of the spirit to grow in you. One of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. You will discover that it will not be difficult for you to control sexual urge if the spirit of God has grown self-control inside you. It is not a sin to be attracted to the opposite sex. It's not a sin. But you don't allow your attraction to pull you into sin. It's a thin line. Being attracted is something that God put there so that when you get married to your wife, your wife will always remain attracted to you. Are you getting me now? When a child is born, does God put mouth there? Does the child ask mouth? Is the mouth speaking? Is because there's a time that mouth will start doing what? Speaking. There are some things that are not meant for now. There are some things God put in you that are not physical. They cannot be touched. But they can be felt and sensed. Like that attraction. You just see a lady and you like her. That is not a sin. Now, God put that in there so that when you are married to your wife, you will, she will not be detasteful to you. You won't see her and start looking at her as if what you call Besara. Praise God. So you want to see her and then you are attracted and say, my wife, I love you. So 
something like that. You just look at her. You just go back, look at her like this, and say, Chai! See favor on two legs. Praise God. God put that in there, not so that you can toast sisters. It's so that you can love your wife, can be attracted to your wife. And that thing will start manifesting from your 20s. So the fruit of the Spirit is supposed to grow in you to control that thing till the time it will be needed. Because it cannot be seen, it's difficult to teach about it. Praise God. So, but I'll just try and explain. So, as much as possible, at this age of your life, will your body move you? Yes, your body will move you. Most especially if you are watching romantic movie or you are reading romantic movie. And that's why you have to watch what you watch. Because at this age, your body is very sensitive. You can't be watching romance and expect nothing to happen to you. It will sink into your brain. When they are playing it in where many people are, and you are, you are just doing as if nothing is happening. You are eating granite. And your body is moving. That is hypocrisy. Move out. Praise God. You don't need to be deceiving yourself. This age, from this 22 like that, that will be happening to you a lot. So you don't have to put yourself in a situation where your body will be moving and moving and moving and moving all the time. When you are married, you see, if if self-control has grown inside you, it helps you to know when to say no or yes. You are the only one watching a movie and the movie is going somehow. Put it off. Or fast forward it. If you are watching that, you will start thinking that about a sister or about a brother. Praise God. And that is not going to help your work with God. So you have to bring yourself to a position that God himself can see that you are sincere. This person is sincere. He's so it's easier for God to help you. Because your body is going to move between those ages. From that 22 upward, your body will be moving. In fact, from 17, 18, 19. But it will be getting serious as you are moving towards a marriageable age. And you are growing older and you are not married. Because there is something inside you that is looking for expression. So you have to allow self-control to guide you. So if, if you look at everything in a normal man, it's in a normal... If you look at a small baby, what is in that small baby is in a normal grown man. But the time to use all of those things is not ripe. There is a timing for everything. And you have to understand and this is not something that you can teach in a big, you know, big congregation. You have to teach this in a small group or in a small class. Because some people don't know how to listen to message. They don't know how to listen to message. When you say A, they'll be hearing Z. I've gone to some churches. When I finish teaching and they ask questions, 
and the person was asking question. Their pastor went to collect microphone from me. I said, hey, you understand? He gave it to another person. When they took me to the office, he said, pastor, sorry. That guy, we are just managing him. Because what is, I talk A, he's talking Z. So, that's why small group is usually effective. Because large number, they don't know how to listen to message. That's why Jesus didn't preach big, big message, deep message to large congregation. So, what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is that it's important for you to understand that from age 22 to age 26, you are ripe for marriage. If you are financially okay, you are spiritually okay, every other thing is okay, and you are 26, and you, I mean, there are 26 years old that there's a guy, I think he's about 20 something, he's done his CFA. I think stage two. Stambic IBTC pays him about 22 million every month. Ready for marriage. Get married and by 30 something, by 31 or 30, you give him back to your children. So by the time you are 40 something, you and your child, they won't know who is, who gave back to who. You are done with childbearing, you face another life and then you are fine. You can raise the children. You can send them to good school. And you see, some of the things that affected our parents, they have to be 60-something or 50-something or 70-something before they now look for money to send us to school. We shouldn't repeat that mistake. Praise God. So, I need you to understand that once you are okay for marriage, biologically, your body is going to move. You need the fruit of the spirit to grow inside you so that you can control yourself. And at this point, I want to say that don't start a conversation you cannot finish. Praise God with opposite sex. Don't do what? Don't start a conversation you can't Don't. Don't start a conversation you can't finish. Some people are not very, very born again. So you want to be very careful. Now, if I'm talking to somebody, I want to make sure that I don't stir up something inside me. I spoke about this extensively like two or three Sundays ago. There are some convert there are some questions you will ask a lady that would make her to feel that, oh, he wants to marry me or is interested in sex. There are some things you will discuss with a guy that as much as possible, be plain, be sincere. You don't want to send some messages. You don't want to create some scenario. You don't want to ask some question. You don't want to act in some certain way because even before God, that will not show that you are straightforward. You can be straightforward and somebody misinterprets you, which is okay. You can always clear misinterpretation. But when you are doing something continuously and is leading to a situation where somebody is getting out of control sexually, then you have to watch it. So at the biological age, is a very sensitive age. Let's stand to our feet. We want to go and pray.
I want you to commit your marital life into the hands of the Lord. And you want to say, Father, I need you to help me. This is a critical period in my life. And I don't want to miss anything. Help me, Lord. Go ahead and begin to pray. Go ahead.